0: Hello, and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. It is December 27th, so a couple days after Christmas. I hope that this podcast finds you feeling well and healthy. Um, Seeing the number of folks who are traveling around and visiting family, uh, even though we are not, uh, makes me nervous, right? Like it just kind of makes me feel like COVID. Um, And especially with the new strains kind of coming out, (laughs) nerve-wracking. Our Christmas was awesome. Um, Our daughter got a trampoline from Santa and a teddy bear. She wanted the teddy bear. She requested the teddy bear, but the trampoline she did not. Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, we had bought a trampoline. Trampolines were hard to come by. And so we had bought a trampoline and it was expensive. It was quite expensive. It was a very nice trampoline, and we'd had it about a month, and our grill malfunctioned and exploded and caught the trampoline on fire, <laughs> and so I called the company to see if we could get replacement parts, and it turns out that they don't sell replacement parts. You have to buy like a whole new trampoline, which, I mean, it was a ridiculously expensive trampoline. It was like a grand So we were like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, But it turns out that I think a lot of people are manufacturing trampolines because of the pandemic now. And so uh, it was easy to come by a trampoline, which is bigger, and she's a lot happier with it, which is quite awesome. Um, So there was a lot of joy in opening gifts. Uh, There was a lot of calling, friends and family, and um, playing with absolutely everything, right? It's like, open this, play with this, open this, play with this, open this, play with this. And part of me wanted to get very, very irritated with the constant open this play with this. And then I, I remember you know how it was when I was a kid, right? And it's just that excitement of new, 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 all these you know, exciting new things to have. So I try to let it be. Um, currently I'm having issues at night where um, I just wanna sit and relax and knit. And I don't care whether the TV's on or off or whatever. I just wanna sit and relax and have a cup of tea and knit. And, you know, our daughter just, she's got so much energy and she's so spun up and I I have to keep reminding myself, my husband has to keep reminding me it's the holidays, right? So it's easy for her to, to be really spun up. Um, it's, it's that time of year, right? So to be gentle, right? Be very kind of easily and gentle with her. So, um, I'm working on that. It's not, it's not easy for me, right? I'm like, just calm down, um, but me, myself, I need to calm down. Um, while going through my old blog posts, I found, um, a number of interesting things that I had written over the past. And one of them was, um, somebody had had, um, if you were to do uh, the alphabet, what would be the letters that, that, uh, what would be the, for each letter, what would you basically have as something to, to give you an idea of that letter? Right. Um, and so here is a portion of the alphabet done by me. I think I only made it to maybe. Hmm, what letter did I make it to? M, maybe, uh, before I stopped actually going through and thinking about it. But more than anything, it's, you know, when you say the letter A, is the very first thing that pops into your head apple? Or is the very first thing that pops into your head Apollo? Or. You know, what is the thing that pops into your head? So if you were to go through the alphabet by each letter, um, is it their call signs, right? You know, is it uh, when, when people say, see, Charlie, is that is that what comes to mind for you? So um, here are mine, right? So A is for the Andromeda galaxy. 2.5 million light years from Earth it has always held a spot in my heart. When I was a kid, I dreamed of people from other galaxies. And Andromeda would be the perfect place to be from. B is for Balderdash. Balderdash is actually a board game, so not too interesting. Um, But I heard a talk once about what people in North Korea think Americans sound like. Words like Balderdash were used a lot, uh, as if we use it all the time. Uh, I might have to use it today just to see if anyone notices of course, you know, I wrote this forever ago, right? I I don't actually think I use the word balderdash. Balderdash, it's a good word. C, I've always loved the word kaput. <laughs> um, I had no idea what the background of the word was until I looked it up. Turns out that I think I must have picked it up from someone who was using it in the Yiddish sense, meaning, um, regardless. When someone dies or gives up the ghost, I often uh, announce that it's kaput. D, ugh, this is my fave Dyson sphere. Uh, let your inner nerd out and just imagine it. The concept was created by Freeman Dyson, and it's so cool, I wish we could make one. Basically, we would build a sphere around a sun with planets. The sphere, would help contain the energy from the sun. You would have limitless energy. Of course, if you look at an image above you, you can see that the size of the sphere would be incredible, larger than anything we can currently make. But a girl can have dreams, can't she? (laughs) So E is for Equilateral Triangle, F is for Frank. For those of you that don't know me, Frank is my brother's name. I also love Frank Lloyd Wright. and uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood was always one of my favorite bands. G is for Gates. Um, let's see here. I'm not talking about Gates like in um, well any other Gates. I'm talking about uh, Gates. McFadden, McFadden um, she's a Star Trek character. H is for Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. Learned about it when I was in high school physics. Eyes for imagination, right? What have you thought about lately? Um, let's see here. I don't even know that I can pronounce the K. Kulap. It's an ancient ruined city in Peru. L is for Los Alamos. And if you know me, know that that's a dear to my heart. And M is for Mandingo. I think the word Mandingo is very interesting. Uh, and I actually didn't know that it is a movie about slavery from 1975. So, there you go. Those are my uh those are my alphabet letters for you for the random bits of a bit of honesty for today. Um so on the last podcast I had brought up how on New Year's I would write these letters to myself and so I went out and I dug them out. Um and it looks like I I stopped opening them. I didn't open the letter from 2010 and I didn't open the letter from 2011. So I just never opened those letters, Um, and so I figured I would open one now, and um, we would see what's in it. So I'm going to open the 2010 letter. Uh, The front of it says, Open New Year's 2010. All right, so we're late. We're very late in opening this. (laughs) Let's see. Okay. I wrote it on very nice, thick Japanese paper. Hmm... All right. So keep in mind, I wrote this in 2005. Okay. So New Year's Day 2010 seems so far away, but every year I open these and I'm shocked at how close it really is. I've learned a lot this past year. I've learned that I have to make myself happy. No one else can do it. I've also learned that if I'm going to keep active, I have to do it on my own. Where am I? I'm happy. This was my guess for 2010. I've been taking trips with Mike or friends, or even by myself. I'm knitting, designing knitwear. Um, Susan and I have finished Baby Steps, which was a follow on novel to our Chiclet. So obviously that never happened. Um, and I can see clearly that I have everything. So happy 2010. So that was my letter to myself from 2005 with what I thought I would have done, um, by 2010. Pretty interesting. All right. Um, let's see here. I'm going to open up 2011 because why not? It's actually a little bit nerve wracking reading a letter that you wrote to yourself and not knowing what it's going to say. What if it says something horrible? (laughs) Let's see here. Dear Christina, I'm glad that I, you know, addressed it to myself. This is to be open in five years with what I think I'll be up to. Um, I've waited until February to write this, and obviously I was slacking a little. (laughs) I've kept thinking that I would get to it, but nope. I hope that I've worked out if I want to adopt a child or not. I'm sure Mike and I will be happy together. I hope... That we're traveling more. (laughs) I'd better weigh under a number or less. (laughs) Um, I hope that Susan and I are still publishing. I hope I'm just as active as always. And happy. And remember, you are the one that controls your happiness. Best future wishes. Love me. Aw, I think it's funny that it has a weight in here. You better weigh less, than. So, um, my husband and I, I never wanted children. He never wanted children. We decided we were never going to have children. Um, and it's pretty clear. So this letter was supposed to have been opened in 2011. So I, you know, I wrote it in 2006. So in 2006, I was thinking about it, um, and we'd given a, a lot of thought. We'd actually gone through and um, and been pre-approved and did all the stuff that was necessary to adopt, um, which was a good year, year and a half's worth of effort. And we had even found children that we were interested in that we thought could mesh well with us and be part of our family. It was a brother and sister duo. and um, But the state... For the adoption wanted it to be kept such that their grandmother um, could have as much kind of access to them as as she would like Um, and their mother was in and out of jail and had drug problems and um, and it just it wasn't right Um, the way that we were being dealt with with the adoption and and where we were at it just wasn't right and so um, we both kind of came to the conclusion that albeit we think that the children and us would have done well together. Um, it wasn't right for us. And so we backed away from that and then changed our, well, I changed my mind. and was like, well, look, you know, I would like a girl. I want a child. Um, why don't we just have a child? Um, and so it wasn't our, that wasn't our first direction, right? Our first direction was to to adopt. Um, and so in the end, you know, we had one child, we had a daughter, um, And so it's, you know, you get your wish, right? (laughs) Why would I mess with that? Um, But our daughter wasn't born until 2012, right? So you can see that between the time when, you know, we'd begun all of the let's adopt and let's think about having children, which was 2006 um, until we actually had her, right? Six years, um, which is, you know, it's quite a length of time. Um, I can see now, you know, why the five letter thing just doesn't, it doesn't really work. Right. Um, I actually have, I think in this stack, the oldest one, let's see if I can find them. Some of these are so gray, you know, when they were really old, um, I don't think I actually kept them. I think I kind of tossed them, um, which is sad, but let's see here. Open New Year's 2000. All right. Ooh, it's a very very long letter. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Two thousand. What will be happening now? First, first of all, I want to point out that my um, this is like all cursive. Um. Like very cursive <laughs> which is crazy um i'm not going to read it there's actually a lot of stuff in here about people with people's names um but it does say um i hope i found the right man um i want my father and brother and grandparents to all be living um i won't have any kids um Let's see here. I will have seen Europe by now. Um, it's people who I think I'll be talking to. Um, um, it's interesting. I'll run three to ten miles a day. Mm, lift it three at least three times a week. Um, mm, I want to have run a marathon. Yeah. It's interesting, right? So if you think about it, I wrote this letter in um 1995. Yeah. So um it just it ends with uh love makes everything turn. And you know what? I I would agree with that. So <laughs> even to this day. But looking at the um at the penmanship, I wouldn't have guessed it was mine. Um I don't really write in cursive much these days, so pretty interesting. Um Lastly, on my list of things was uh, I was talking about Christopher Moore and I was talking about um, older Christopher Moore and what I loved about older Christopher Moore and um, and something that when I read it really, you know, hit the mark for me. And so um, this is an excerpt from A Dirty Job, which is uh, published by Christopher Moore. So if you want to read more, please go get the book. Um And this is a direct, you know, it's a direct quote from the book itself. So, here we go. The 1957 Cadillac Eldorado Brom was the perfect show-off of death machines. It consisted of nearly three tons of steel stamped into massively maud, high-tailed beast, lined with enough chrome, to build a Terminator and still have parts left over. Most of it long, sharp strips that peeled off on impact and became lethal size to flail away pedestrian flesh. Under the four headlights, it sports two chrome bumper bullets that looked like unexploded torpedoes or triple G cup Madonna death boobs. It had a non-collapsible steering column that would impale the driver upon any serious impact. Electric windows that could pinch off kids' head, no seat belts, and a 325-horsepower V8 with such appallingly bad fuel efficiency that you could hear it trying to slurp liquefied dinosaurs out of the ground when it passed. (laughs) It's just... The amount of detail the way he pulls in pop culture the the way that he describes it in in nearly gruesome terms really um, it's It's why Christopher Moore is still one of my all time favorite authors, even with his last handful of books not being my favorite. Um, so after I brought up Christopher Moore on I don't know it was two podcasts ago I actually went out and I looked at his blog and I looked at uh, what has he published lately and I couldn't actually find anything you know I think there's one extra book uh, maybe after Fool that he published that again is a period piece which of course I haven't read because I, I didn't like Soccer Blue and I didn't like Fool um, and so you know I I haven't purchased the the last book by him and I'm really hoping that he kind of comes back around, but, you know, I think I'll, I'll wait and see, I'll wait and see where he's at. So, um, I finished up my um, full wrap up for, um, 2020, you know, kind of the good, the bad and the ugly. So what was great about work? What was hard about work? What was great about home? What was hard about home? Those types of things. And I'm honestly having a hard time with what is kind of the big thing I want to let go from 2020, um, because I'm not feeling that this year, right? So I I made a I made a note that I need to fill in that basically is here's kind of the thing that I want to let go of the most from 2020, and I haven't filled it in because I I really just I can't think of what that that thing is, um, and so I'm I'm working on that, and um, I'm going to be focusing more on you know 2021 and where do I want to go with 2021? When I look back through what my plan was for 2020. My big plan for 2020 was to travel more, right? So to see more of the U.S., to visit with family, um, to take, you know, my husband and daughter on, you know, yet another foreign trip somewhere or have all of us, you know, go explore someplace we have never seen um, to kind of mark off, you know, our exploration of the world more. Nepal was on my list for this year, as was Thailand. And of course, neither of those two things happened. And so... I'm, I'm hesitant to plan any trips for 2021 yet. Um, You know, I was looking at the calendar and thinking maybe I would book a trip to, you know, like Hawaii or somewhere for March for spring break. Um, But I I haven't done that yet either because of, of all the COVID concerns. So um, I'll keep you posted on what my plans are for travel and where I'm getting at with, with the new year. But I plan on doing an intention setting and a, a how, how am I going to move forward with 2021? What am I really going to focus on for 2021? Um, when I look back at what my plan was for 2020, you know, I wanted to do a lot of self-healing work. I wanted to dig out kind of a lot of things with my past. I wanted to address a lot of things. I wanted to become better at setting boundaries for myself um, and communicating better about what those boundaries are with people in and around my life. And when I look back on the year, um, I started off kind of with a bang, really pushing to do a lot of self-healing. And then when all the COVID stuff hit and we were quarantined, I focused a lot less on self-healing and more on boundaries and communication. And I think that that combo really has helped me. It, it fostered a lot this year, um, especially with the communication and boundary setting. I am crap at setting boundaries, right? I'm just, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at saying, you know, I need this and, you know, or back off, you know, here's where I'm at. Um, and so, you know, and I did that and I did that in a number of cases this year where I was nervous. I was really nervous, right? Because it was somebody who was either authoritative over me and I had to really set a boundary, um, or it was a boundary that I'd let go for so long that it felt awkward to set it up. Um, but those things have served me well this year. And so I'm really going to give some thought and intent to where I'm going to go with 2021. So, um, I will try to record probably one more podcast for this year before or on Chris or uh, New Year's Eve. And, um, I hope that uh, you're enjoying the random ramblings of kind of the mundane, right? This is, this is what it's like every day. So, um, thanks for listening and I'll see you again soon.